You're listening to Creative Thursday, episode number 275. Welcome to Creative Thursday with Marisa Ann Cummings. We're talking all things life, business, and creativity with a special focus on helping artists confidently and consistently sell their creations to their ideal collectors online. Intended to inspire and empower you wherever you are on your creative journey, both personally and professionally. Enjoy and thank you for listening. Marisa here with you back after a short hiatus. Excited to be with you. I've missed you. I promise today's episode is going to make up for the few weeks that I have been away because I have a very special guest. And this is a really wonderful conversation. We're going to be talking about business. And we're going to be talking about so much more. If you ask me who is one of the people that has had the most impact on the recent success of my business, it would be um, my coach, James Wedmore. And when I came to first know James, as I share in the beginning of our conversation, I, he was doing something entirely different. He was teaching marketing through YouTube and I had my head in the sand about getting marketing help from anyone who wasn't a part of our online blogging creative community, I guess. You know, we artists, we sort of have this weird response to people who are, who specialize in marketing. And I've talked about this before. I won't go into it again here or any rants on it, but I wish I didn't put amazing people like James into stereotypes and that a lot of us creatives tend to do because as you will also come to learn, James is a fellow creative And when I first heard about him and when he made an entirely courageous and new shift in his business, I was one of the first to hear about that shift. And I remember I, I just, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it, but I followed along the journey on the sidelines, as we sometimes do, right? We become introduced to mentors that will be very impactful to us on our journey. And sometimes we just aren't ready for them. And oh, how I wish I was. Oh, how I wish I was ready when I first learned about James and Business by Design, which once a year he hosts his workshop live. It's called The Rise of the Digital CEO. And I will be sharing a link with you in the show notes. It starts today, unless we're able to get this up a little bit sooner to give you more uh, notice. It's Thursday, June 2nd. 
I'm telling you, you will not experience anything quite like this. I don't know how to articulate it. In fact, I said that quite a lot in my conversation with James. The reason that I am so drawn to James's work is that truly after 20 plus years of, gosh, it's making me a little bit emotional, of having so many questions, um, kind of blending my more spiritual beliefs, if you will, my understanding of quantum physics, of law of attraction, of so many manifestation, right? These are all words that we kind of get to talk about now. Uh, I know this because I was learning about this over 20 years ago and I had so many questions and I had nowhere to go to get those answers. And I kept trying to figure a lot of this out by myself because on one side with business, there's very practical steps. You don't get to create anything in this world if you're not taking the action to get there, but understanding how to be efficient with that action, inspired with that action, to have a deeper understanding of who you are as a person in this world, as an artist, and then if you choose to bring that into an entrepreneurial lifestyle, it's so much bigger than just getting your social media right. And I know that that might sound like it makes sense, but what do I actually mean about that? That's what James and I talk about in this episode. And, you know, I found myself kind of figuring this out alone, not keeping my head in the sand, not opening up to people outside of my current industry and world that I was familiar with, thinking that I knew everything about the online space, which interestingly enough, James and my journey parallel in, in so many ways, we've both been online for 15 plus years. And it kept me from just having access to someone that had some answers that I was looking for and has this ability to go to a level of depth that I personally need and also believe that more of us are needing because we've got all the lessons, all the practical steps, all available to us. But what keeps us from fully stepping into our highest potential, from living a life of excellence and satisfaction and joy and peace and one that has the most positive impact on all who come in contact with us. I mean, I'm going for it in this life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss a minute of it. And it's not something that I was going to or needed to, nor do you have to figure out for yourself. When you get plugged into the right mentors and coaches, which I genuinely at this stage of my career feel like it's taken me my lifetime thus far to be able to connect with people who understand things at a level that I do, who are willing to have the tougher, more honest, transparent conversations, who are willing to bring so much light into challenging situations and, and are able to guide you through those moments in your business, yes, and also how 
the skills that we're talking about, the awareness that we talk about are also helping you personally. So James is someone that what I've learned from him and being a part of his community has contributed to my life in such a way beyond my business life. And it inspires me. He is someone that I look up to as a coach as I begin coaching more myself. The approach with which he works with all of us and shares so generously in his community really inspires me to want to bring more of that to you. And, you know, I spend years sometimes listening and learning and listening, and I have. I talk about this more with James. I have consumed most of, well, a large majority, actually, and not all. There's a lot of episodes on his Mind Your Business podcast, which I highly recommend listening to it and definitely tuning in to this conversation. I will say that James, like me, not a small talker, like not doing small talk. We uh, tend to both go on inspired tangents and we trust that intuition is guiding us and with the intent that maybe something we're sharing is helpful to you. And certainly I, I just live for conversations like this and I want to bring more of them to you. And the short version is, you know, James has taken all of his 15 years of experience. Wow, such an interesting journey for teaching people bartending first online that wove into using YouTube to market to kind of taking that all away to build something incredible, like the most comprehensive program for your business that not only includes an amazing um, resource that is always updating and is filled with action checklist items, but also comes with it, the wisdom of James, the community, his team, and the coaching as well that comes. And we do a little bit of that. He does a little bit of that with me here and he's sharing a special self-coaching tip for you as well. So I know it's a lot. <laughs> I'm sharing a lot with you. I'm a little rusty on my on my podcasting, but I'm back with you. I'm really excited to bring you this conversation. It's something I've been looking forward to for a long time and I can't wait to hear how it impacts you. And I hope that it inspires you, leaving you feeling energized and wanting to become your own digital CEO. That's what James teaches us to do beyond being an entrepreneur, a digital CEO, and also thinking about all the ways that you may be able to be of service to others and help others and we share all kinds of insight around how to know if this is the path for you and how not to let limiting beliefs hold you back from those nudges in your life that are truly calling you forward to step into what lights you up, which as we have many conversations 
here with many of my guests and I say all the time, right, when you feel lit up by following your passions and you then share that with others, it's an amazing effect and impact. And just the few years that I have been working with James, when I finally got off the fence and 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 realized the opportunity here and how much it has helped me just to see his exponential growth and how that is impacting people all over the world in the most incredible industries with also the biggest hearts. I'm telling you, it is just so inspiring. So without further ado, join us. I'm going to be following along as well. Join us for the rise of the digital CEO. I am a proud partner of James and BBD. I highly, highly, highly recommend this program for everyone wanting to have, as we will talk more about, a digital product and I'm in it all the time. I am. I have the opportunity to be coaching with him and his community of coaches. And I am just so thankful. I'm so thankful for this time in my career where I've been able to connect with the people that I'm honored to be bringing you now um, on the podcast, the coaches I have the opportunity to work with. And of course, Without further ado, James Wedmore, enjoy our conversation. Here we go, James. <laughs> I am so, uh, I'm really honored to have you. I have been a fan of your uh, podcast for years, for years. In fact, uh, well, actually, I think I shared with you. I found you originally on Periscope back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Because I think I was on that for about six months <laughs> yeah. in like 2015. <laughs> I may be on a little longer, same year. Wow. And I, you know, I, I learned about you, but you were doing something totally different. Mm -hmm. And then I lost track of you. And when you um, started, you know, Business by Design, which that was in, was it 2016, the first time? And then you talk about, you made an incredible shift with your podcast, Mind Your Business, mm -hmm. where you started to just bring, I don't know, James, you probably can articulate this better than me, but I call it a level of depth to this business and marketing world, especially in this online space that we are all so fortunate to be a part of. and. There was just no one that spoke to me in the way that you have through all of that time. And it's just been incredible and inspiring to watch your evolution, um, to feel more confident in stepping into those places myself as a person and as a business owner and as a um, a growing leader. And I, I just... Well, I can go on a tangent here and I won't yet. James, I do tangents as well. Oh, <laughs> Inspired tangents. Like, common. <laughs> <laughs> Inspired tangents, I like to call them. Best. Well, let me, well, I will weave, I will invite you to weave back to how that shift happened for you. But first, I just want to talk to our creative out there and talk to them about 
what is the what is a digital product? Because sometimes in the creative world, we think of digital downloads when we hear that versus all that a digital product can encompass. And why would now be the time to mm. potentially add that into your creative business model? Yeah. Well, yesterday was the time, but now is the second best time, right? Yeah. Um, and this is what I've been doing for 15 years now. And I would say digital product encompasses primarily anything that is uh, information based, and but it doesn't. It it goes beyond that, you know. In a lot of ways, you know, there's so many examples of people, you know, leveraging the different ways in which they are offering digital products. But what it's been primarily and traditionally for individuals like myself is, you know, first I started with writing an ebook. That was the first thing I did. I wrote an ebook in 2007. And I think I did too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we have all these parallels. I forgot I wrote an ebook. Cause back then like <laughs> video on the internet was like, good luck. You know, it was not easy to put a video on the internet in 2007. I tried. Uh, and then, you know, the iPhone by tw- 2008 had like a video camera on it. So people start making videos. Right. And so then, and it turns into online education, online courses. And what we've seen since 2020 is a huge influx of, of that as the world has gone to a more general tipping point of acceptance of, of virtual education, whether it's meetings, coaching, conversations. I mean, right now, I, I always love to use my life as an example. And, there's, uh, and, and I, I even posted this on my stories last night. I'm, I'm a perpetual student, Marisa. I am always learning something. It's it's maddening. And and I think it's one of my superpowers or my secret weapons because I just always want to grow. I just always want to discover more and learn more and be more and walk into that unknown. And so I'm doing, I'm learning two things right now. The most random things that have nothing to do with each other. Number one is guitar. Um, and so like, you know, someone could go and do zoom virtual guitar lessons right now. You know what I mean? They could package that into a course, into a membership, and you're in business. And in fact, as I'm doing a remodel, which I'm in it, doing the remodel with the crew, uh, one of my handymen has played guitar for like however many years, 20 plus years, right? So he's also giving me guitar lessons on the side. On top of that, I'm also uh, just bought a course last night on how to restore old furniture. And I am I don't know why, but I am so excited to do that. Like I've found a few old pieces and I have a piece that's been in family for a long time and I want to keep it and I want to like reinvent it because it doesn't match the style, but I didn't want to get rid of it. And I found this girl on the internet and she's got a course and I was so excited to get it. And like, then I'm learning, you know, like, okay, how do I strip the wood without destroying the grain? Like what's the right stains to use and how do I finish it and maintain it properly? And what are the things I couldn't have thought about of how to make it more modern. And it was like, I was so happy to buy it. I even made a story about her. She reached out to me. I told her, I'm like, I'm going to be your best student. Like I'm always the best student when it comes to other people's products. And so I've seen it more and more everywhere. And it just makes me so happy because this is what I've been doing for 15 years. And the thing about a digital product, why now more than ever? So there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I am always going to be the biggest advocate for being absolutely 100% in control of your financial destiny. It's not about being rich. A lot of people think they start to equate being an entrepreneur or a business owner with being rich and greedy. And, you know, of course that makes sense. They're rich and greedy business owners or CEOs or whatever. That's fine. But 
we want to look at this differently. We want to talk about this about being self-reliant financially, independent. Like you are in charge of what you're creating and what you're doing and how you get it into the hands of other people. And I think in times today, I think people are waking up more and more to wanting to do their own thing, taking their own thing more seriously and not, you know, if you have a talent, a gift, a skill to not fit that in the gaps between someone else's dream and vision, but to make that your full-time thing. Because that's the thing is like, I know if it's a creative or an artist, and by the way, a little fun fact, you didn't know this about me. Eighth grade, I won most artistic in the you whole class. did. <laughs> I've always been, I've always loved art and always been an artist. Well, I'm ready to start seeing your paintings. Soon. Yeah. Anything like, you're making. I, well, I, I know you built a camper van. I have one. <laughs> it's, it's not in here right now because we're finishing the remodel. My dad, uh, he, pa- he passed away last um, December and he had uh, a photo taken of him. Um, he used to surf just like me of him holding his surfboard. And I turned it into a whole, in, into a whole painting. I mean, I'll have that for the rest of my life. And, and so um, I'm not that good, but I can, it, like, it's a cool, it's a cool piece. So I can paint, I can draw. And I've always been artistic. I've always loved art. And in my business, I know I'm going on a tangent too. I've always um, injected and infused that creative aspect into my stuff. Have you ever seen some of our videos? We make these very ridiculously creative and uh, you know fun videos. I went to film school, so that became yeah. my canvas. That became my medium was 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 film. It's a, it's an unbelievable art form. It is you get to tell a story and and use multiple mediums to convey emotion. You know, it's like bring in the music, change the editing, move the camera angle and the affect the light, everything that not just the character, not just this, everything around it becomes a tool, you know, uh, in your quiver to evoke an emotion and to tell a story. So the fact that I get to do that in my business today is amazing. But going back to what I'm saying here is um, I think with the times that we're in, I'm thinking with with the the, the landscape environment for us to have the ability to what I, what I call create money on demand, be in charge, responsible for, and cause our own financial destiny to lean more into the things that we love to do and not work for someone else that's living their purpose, but to live our own is, is um, the time that we're in. I think that's more important than ever. I think that when it comes to specifically the business of digital products, you are looking at one of the most profitable business models. Now, what I mean by profitable is profit margin. So there's really nothing else out there. Like if you create a piece of art and sell it, um, like there's a local artist I'm looking, I haven't hung up his piece right now. I love this guy. He's down in Phoenix. His name on Instagram is mind of Widge, W I J. I love his art. And it's all like this desert abstract. Like there's always like, he'll do these like cactuses with like holes in it and like space inside the cactus, like outer space. And I'm, I just love his pieces. So I have one. I want him to paint a mural in my house. And every time I get a piece, I'm like, I can only imagine how many hours that took, you know? Yeah. And that's hours he doesn't get back. And he charges a good amount and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to pay it. And there's something different about the digital product model as something to add on as an addition is it something you create once, but you continue to sell it again and again and again and again? And I guess the best metaphor I could give was like creating a painting and then selling the print. Yes. Um, but even a print has a cost to it. 
You know what I mean? There's still an expense to that. Yeah. And there's a time involved with the creation. I mean, some of that's getting more streamlined, but, and the fulfillment, although now there's print on demand, that's helpful, but, but still there's all these elements. But that's a company who's got to take that cut and all that stuff too. Yes, And, and, and with it, there's a loss of intrinsic value. Um, when I look at his stuff, I say, I don't want your prints. I want the original. I'll pay more, but I don't want that. You know, I don't want the print. So with the digital product model, what you have is something that you take, you, it's just art too. I mean, teaching to me is, is an art. It's a creative pursuit because it's the same thing. You know, I, I look at a piece of art and it's, I want in one image, you know, just like the, the cliche of a picture's worth a thousand words. I want to convey a whole world in a single image. I want it to have its own frequency, its own unique energetic signature that, that imprints something on someone's soul. And I look at teaching the same way is there's a lot of things that I have taught that I am, I know I'm not the first person to teach it. You know, there's universal principles of business, marketing, sales, life that have existed far more than I've been around. But I believe our own way is as, as each individual artist is to communicate and express it in our own way. And so I bring that to my teaching. I want to, I want to teach something in a way that is my unique expression of that principle or that topic or that concept. And to do that once and then be able to get it in the hands of thousands of people over and over again, without having to go back to the canvas and start over has been a very smart and obviously financially successful business model for me. Cause I'm doing what I love, but it's also, you're getting paid to do that. And um, it's not something to go either or it's something to say, and A and B, can I do this as well? So hopefully that makes sense. Yes. And I, I would love so many beautiful thoughts there. I would love to touch upon, because this is a question that I get often, you know, how do you know, how do you know that your that is kind of part of your passion to share and to just impact the world I generally, I put artists in a category of having a natural desire to impact the world and, and make a difference. Otherwise we would not summon the courage to take what is often deeply personal to us and put it out there in the world for people to judge, (laughs) you know, that in itself takes a lot of bravery. And so we have this desire to share something with people and to have them feel something that we, that we are maybe not even sure that we want them to feel, but a lot of us want to bring joy to people Mm. and inspiration and some light and just, you know, um, something beautiful as well. And certainly some artists want to have a conversation about their work. I mean, it's such a powerful medium. So when I naturally put creatives in this space, then I think that they are just um, kind of built in for this as well, you know, sharing through through the a digital product as well. And I'm just wondering how you recognize in people or also recognize in yourself that this was like truly a part of your passion. Well, it's really easy for me, but I think I'll just start by asking, and this is a very important question because the last thing I ever want you to do is do something that your heart's not in it. Yes. Any, any <laughs> path that you take that isn't a path of heart is one you want to stop and get off right now. 
Well, and I think it's fair to say that we don't want to confuse people by saying digital products and, you know, you're able to create something incredible and then share it with thousands of people that there isn't work involved Uh, (laughs) and that it is passive. I've noticed a lot of people in the digital space have gotten confused with Mm -hmm. multiple revenue streams, also assuming that there's a lot of passive revenue streams, which... We all know things aren't really passive in that way. There's a difference between scalable and passive. Very two different terms. This is a very scalable business, which means uh, it can... Let me me give an example of that. And then we're going to answer your question with a question that that is a really simple question that will give some insight. Passive means you don't do anything and it just makes you money. Now, you you can build something that becomes partially passive and fully passive, but if it's passive, it's probably someone else doing it and you're paying them. So that's that's fine. But the the notion that you just like create something, put it on a website, and all of a sudden it's just you know making money is um, and if that's the only thing that's driving you, I I wouldn't I wouldn't bother. Now, scalable, what scalable means is that you can produce more work uh, results, customers, students in it with no additional effort, which means Running, if you did a promotion or or uh, made a sale or made an offer for a digital product, and it took you X amount of time and effort, you may have the experience of spending the exact amount of time and effort the next time and getting twice as many results because you just got more people in because you've been building, 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 building. So it's if that makes sense, it's very scalable in that a lot of people get into this danger, and it's an employee mindset trap where that like I made a certain amount of sales or I got a certain amount of customers. And if I want to get more, then I have to work more. And that's a tricky slippery slope because there's only so much work you can you can do in a day. And then you're limited by that. And so this is a different way of looking at it. It's like sometimes reaching more people can actually be less work. How is that possible, James? Well sometimes we're we're spending more time doing things that aren't effective. And when we recall our time and energy back and funnel it to the most effective thing we can do, you can be more effective in that thing at an accumulative exponential rate. For example, I just did a rec- recorded an episode for the podcast um, answering a question that I get all the time, which is, what would you do if you had to start all over? I said, 2022 start over? Yeah. I said, can I take, my, can I take this and this with me? Can I take my, my brain and my, my heart with me? And I said, yeah. I'd be on TikTok four times a day. And I'd have tunnel vision. I just focus on that. So I'm seeing, I'm watching people blow up on there in, in creative outlets, in every niche imaginable on TikTok. Like Instagram is crapping their pants right now, right? And rightfully so. Like TikTok is rewarding their creators and getting their stuff out to more people. If you play the game right, boom, right? So that'd be an example of that. So let's come back to Main Street here. Here's the question. If you had all the money in the world, not that you want money or need money or whatever, in other words, you never had to worry about money for the rest of your life. That's the, that's the way you want to do this. And people came to you and said, will you teach us what you know? On a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, one being low, how high on that scale would, you, would the desirability level be? And that's how you want to do it. Free from survival, from constraints, from fear, from I have to, I need to, or I'm chasing the next opportunity. That's how you answer the question. If, if, we're, if money wasn't a thing, see, I might work a little less if, I don't know, I won 
you know, a billion dollar lotto, but I'm, I'm never going to stop learning and I'm never going to stop teaching until the day I die. That's it's in me. And that's me. That's why I said, like, I can answer for me. It's just who I am. If you followed me around in high school, I was the kid who was always tutoring the other kids, teaching them, helping them. I was writing essays. And then of course, I'm also a business owner. So in college, I'm getting paid to write essays for people and, you know, be their tutor and all that type of, that's just who I've always been. I'm the type of person that when I learn something, the first thing I go is, who can I share this with? Who can I teach this to? Who can I provide value to? That's, I, that is me uncontrollably. Like that's involuntary of me. If you're also someone where you notice people are already coming to you and asking you, how did you, how did you do this? That's a really good sign. And who are you and how do you show up in those moments? Are you like, can you please stop talking to me? I don't want to tell you. Okay. Leave me alone. Or are you like, all right, how much time you got? Let's go. (laughs) And that's really, that's a really beautiful, it's no judgment if you are or not, but if you are, that's such a really beautiful thing to say, this can also be something that you, you do as your business. Um, so I hope that answers that. It does. And it, it took me a minute to realize that was part of me. Same as you, I think when we just talked, you know, that I started my podcast, when I saw that opportunity, I was looking for jobs actually on Craigslist. And when I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, if I can just share what I've figured out or I'm about to figure out, like just becoming, trying to make a career as a self-taught artist, I could help so many people. Like I felt this overwhelming desire And then when I was looking back in the same way that you sort of see the breadcrumbs of your life as an artist, when it's so easy to see when you're young, many of us start so early. I remember teaching my friend in kindergarten. She was still in kindergarten. I went to first grade and I wanted to share with her and I kept trying to leave. I I started teaching and then for which I hope we will dive into a little for a lot of beliefs that I had and um, comparisonitis and just feeling like, who am I to do this? Do I really have something to share? I shut myself down again, like several times. And I, I, I couldn't keep myself away from it. I just felt like, oh my goodness, what is the point of me going through all these tough business lessons as an artist? <laughs> if I can't, what is some- the point? <laughs> If yeah. I can't help someone else not have to maybe suffer, you know, in the well, way it just, it that just I did. Of, it just kind of brings a beautiful, um, I don't know, like thematic context and meaning and purpose to everything that you do go through. I talk about this all the time. Like I've gone through some stuff, but in the background, there's always that knowing that on the other side of this, I'll be able to help someone else with it. Yes. That's pretty much how I do all this now. It's so powerful. I just think about, I had a challenging moment actually right before we came on and um, I'm just documenting this journey I've been on for a while. And I'm like, I'm going to help people with this. I'm just yeah. going to help them. And uh, it helps me go through the process. Mm-hmm. And it's, and the, the interesting thing about that is that, I'm always, it's like, I'm documenting it. Like, how can I save this moment to share with someone else so they can have a different experience with you know, 
people uh, always, you always hear this, like, what's the secret to success? And then of course the louder thing is like, stop listening to this notion that there's a secret to success. Da, 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 da. There's no secret to success. It's just get your butt into gear and work hard. And I'm like, BS nonsense. There are so many secrets to success, but I think this is, I think what you're touching upon is the ultimate one. Is how can you help someone else? It's journey. Yes. It's the first half of your life as you go through pain and struggle and confusion and finding your way in the world and uncoding and uncovering a lot of the garbage that we picked up because we were such these little sponges growing up and we just listened to what everyone else told us, how the world was. And we, we use all of that and then start our journey to figure out how life really is. And as we go on that, we're lost, we're, we go through things and then people help us and we blah, blah, blah. And if we do that long enough, there's people like you and I, people listening, they get to a place where they say, I can make a huge portion of my life about how I can help others through that too. And so I say the secret to success is to live a life of service. I think it's the most powerful place that you can always place your attention and will give you more strength and resiliency than you can ever imagine. It's why if you hear any story of anyone who started a nonprofit, they build it about a thousand times faster than a business. And it's just magically wildly successful. Why? Because it's being of service to others. And who says that your business can't be doing that too? In fact, the most successful businesses are. Businesses can't stay in business if they don't solve a problem. And so when you go back to that simple target and make that your focus again, that is a powerful place to lean from. Unfortunately, the moment you say you're going to create a, a program on how to, how to start painting or how to, how to sell your, your art or how to do something cool like creatively or anything else, how to play guitar, all the stuff begins to come up. Like, but who am I to be doing this? Someone else is already doing this. I haven't been long doing it long enough. I don't want attention. I don't want to brag. They're going to think I'm just doing this for the money, blah, 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 blah. And you know, those things will happen. People will have their opinions and they'll say what they're going to say and they'll think what they're going to think. And all of that will come up. And there's a very simple delete key to all of it. Cause I get asked this all the time. Marisa, like people are like, James, how do I overcome imposter syndrome? So the first thing I say is, so how do you know that you're in an imposter syndrome? And they say like, well, I'm, I don't know. Like, I just feel it. I say, okay, but what's going on in your head? Tell me the thinking, the thoughts. And they start to write out all the thoughts. And I'll give them an exercise. And I'll say, write out all the thoughts that are thoughts that you have that indicate that you're feeling like you have imposter syndrome. And they're things like this. <clears throat> Who am I to be doing this? Why would anyone listen to me? Am I good enough at doing this? Why would someone choose me over them? And I am a fraud. I am going to look bad. I am going to make a mistake. I'm going to look stupid. So what's the common denominator in those, all of those thoughts? It's I. It's me. And that's where most people are operating from. That's fine. I was for a long time. Is It's survival-based. Survival of the ego. Survival of uh, reputation. Looking good. Opinions. Judgment. Stuff like that. When you come from a place of service, it's not focused on you. It's not on the eye. It's a big, it's a world of difference to go, what if I look like an idiot today? 
and someone doesn't like me versus what if I could make a difference in one human being's life today? What if this thing I'm about to share, what if this episode I'm about to release, what if this piece of content I'm about to post could make a difference for someone? Wouldn't it be worth it? Where is the I in that? right? It's so them focused. Even if it's a complete stranger on the internet, I don't even know who's going to reach this. And really everything I do is, is that today. I don't look at competitors. I don't look at trends and tactics. I don't follow any of that stuff. I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't network with peers. I mean, I probably should more, you know what I mean? Or like, oh, you get me to, to, to like come to your little click mastermind things. Like I'm just staying in my lane and I show up Every day, whether it's on my podcast, Instagram, now I'm on the Tiki Talks. Look out, 13-year-olds. Here comes a 40-year-old on TikTok. Now you're on the Creative Thursday podcast. <laughs> and now I'm going to be on the Creative Thursday podcast. <laughs> and it's always just, um, how can I be a best of service to somebody? And, you know, that's, uh, that's really huge. Now there's a quote I was just reminded of, but I totally forgot it and don't know it, but it's, it's really interesting too, because it's a Pablo Picasso quote. He's got, I think two that I really like, and this one has to do with, it's correlated to um, how action is like a prerequisite for inspiration. And I don't remember the quote. Maybe we can find that. It's really good, but it's so true is because so many of us then are just like on the sidelines, watching, waiting, looking, judging, thinking, perfecting. And when you're in the game and you're doing that and it's just boom, you will see how much faster you improve and get better and get better. And so I just put myself in that discipline of that. It's like, even with TikTok, I was like, I think this is totally different. I don't dance and point. And that's what a lot of this is. And I don't do that, but I'm still like, okay, I, it's a different style of content. I got to change up my, my dance a little bit here, but the more consistently, the better ideas, the more inspiration, the more creativity, the more improves. And so I've learned that a long time ago is like, in order for us to be great, it requires action. It requires that discipline. It requires that, that, uh, consistency, which will allow for more of the creativity to, um, to flow. And I think he also said great art is an art. I think it was him. Maybe, you know, yeah. great art is never finished. It's merely abandoned. And, um, that that's always stuck with me because we tend to be like someone who has a creative nature tends to be someone who has like really high standards and the, the probably the vision you have it in your mind is are already like 10 times better than what the final version is starting to look like. And I've had to really let go as a business owner of it needing to be perfect or needing to be exactly the way I want it because it's not about me. It's about them. I said, I got to get this out of here. I got to get it out. I can't keep this within for my whole life. I got to get it out and, and we can improve upon it. Then we can bring it back. We can do it better. And a lot of what I've done is just improve, continuing to improve upon what I have year after year after year. So, um, tangents. <laughs> <laughs> and I love them all. I was just looking for, for that quote. He has a lot of good ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I heard about Picasso is that he just modeled other artists of his time. And so that's why he has a huge range of different styles because he was modeling them and just trying to make his art look like theirs because he had this insight that if he just got into action, he would get into a receptive creative state. And that's when he found his own style. 
I thought I found that really interesting. Yes. Well, that is one um, method to creativity that I kind of discovered on my own because I was self-taught. I was too intimidated to go learn from people. I had some early, not great experiences. I sort of shut down and I just started um, daily painting, Yeah, which developed my business. I started selling art because I was sharing it online and I start, I found my creative voice and it was the action of creating that inspired more creativity. Yeah. And it just, it happens every time you feel like you just can't. And then all of a sudden you do. And I mean, who doesn't love moving paint around on something? <laughs> like, it's pretty incredible. Um, I just found one that I feel like you would like. Others have seen what is and asked why. I have seen what could be and asked why not. So good. So good. <laughs> so good. I didn't realize he had words of wisdom. <laughs> Visionary right there. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so imposter syndrome, thank you for touching upon that because those are, uh, that's the most uh, beautiful explanation. You know, we talk exactly about that with artists sharing their work. If they could, we're so worried about how someone's going to receive our work. But as I shared at the opening, the reason for sharing the work is to have an impact, to make a difference in someone's day. and. And if we think about that person, what a difference it makes and takes it off of us. But the way that you linguistically so eloquently just wove in the eye, it's not about us and it is about how we can make a difference for someone. And that's where I just see that today more than ever, it's really needed. I just feel like we really need this. The more people that can share gifts, it's, I, I like you, I didn't realize that this was in me, but once I started learning and I sort of blame Periscope, I think for that, once I started <laughs> learning, I couldn't stop. Like I can't stop now. I will yeah. never stop. <laughs> I'm just like perpetual learner. So passionate about it. So thankful for people like you who are out there sharing what you do. And I just think, I'm like, don't you all see it? We can just have an economy, like learning from each other. (laughs) It's pretty much that simple. Well, and just like elevating everything about us. Cause it's like, you know, I don't want to go too much down that route, but like I tell people today, cause I was on another podcast recently and I shared some things that people just like, didn't, they couldn't believe which was like, I was really insecure in high school and like didn't have any friends and just like really shy and all that stuff. And they had a hard time with that because they see you on a stage with 600 people like jumping up and down. And, and I said, well, you know, my real education started when I started my business. I learned so much more about life and myself when I started my business um, that you don't learn in school. You just, you just don't, you just don't learn those things. And so these are opportunities. We have to teach these things to people that need them that, that, you know, I'm not going to get on too much of a soapbox here that like, I felt very, like, I didn't get, get any of this in school. Soapbox away. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just like, I felt like everyone says it eventually. How come we didn't learn these things in school? I, I don't know how many events I've learned where I've taught someone like how to uncover a limiting belief and dismantled it like that, you know, and they say, how come kids aren't taught this in school? How come kids aren't taught to listen for their self-critic and 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 create positive reinforcing perspectives and and um, positive self-talk? You know, how come we don't learn how to 
you know, do our taxes or bookkeeping or basic, you know, accounting, you know, all that stuff. But, but the point is, is like, so these are the things that people need. This isn't just about like, oh, we can all just like create courses together. Like this is, no, this is what people need that's missing that they don't have. That's causing a lot of suffering in every area. Really, really is like, you know, from every area of life. In fact, I don't know if you were on one of our uh, coaching calls. Were you on the coaching call yesterday? We're on yesterday's. Yes, I was. We I had we. So we have. Um, who was it? Why am I forgetting her name right now? Julie. Was it Julie? Who who works with homeschoolers? Yes. And oh yeah. Start with art. Start with beautiful. art. Yeah. And the whole sentiment was her message. It's so beautiful. Is helping parents who are homeschooling their children, giving the scientific data, the the the, the proven results as to why starting with art and adding more creative subjects and right brain learning, not just into the curriculum, which is how much is that has been taken out of like traditional totally. school, yes. but leading with it. Yes. Because it, it develops areas of the brain because it, it increases attention and energy and enthusiasm about the other subjects. And, you know, we're kind of being pulled into this being like robotic, mechanical, left brain, linear robots. And um, outside of that system is an opportunity for us to like change people's lives with something they never got that they know they need. And that, that to me is always going to be just so amazing. Like, I, I again, I, I can rant on this because for so long, because like what I've learned about business goes so that has been made me successful in business has changed my life forever. Like just learning how to manage my own mind, my own thoughts that come in and, 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 and shifting perspective, how to solve problems, a whole thing, how to communicate, mastering language, how to listen, how to lead, how to teach. These are things that like don't have anything to do with business, right? Directly. People just think business is like finances, revenue and profit. And marketing. And some marketing stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, those are part of it. Yeah, absolutely. But these other things that people kind of call soft skills, like they, they, they don't just amplify what you want in, in business. They just amplify and expand in your entirety of the rest of your life. And and I would have never learned those in school. Yeah. I learned about a necessity. Well, and I just want to appreciate you for that because I, I started to go on a tangent at the beginning and talk about the level of depth with which you approach the podcast and naturally within everything that you teach business by design, you know, I'm honored to be a part of your next level coaching program. Um, you have a way of just digging a little deeper and weaving all of this so beautifully together with also very practical steps. And it's, I mean, you know, I know a lot of us out there are saying this right now. It's, it's really been life-changing for me. You were one of the first people I found that was able to meld a lot of what I was coming to understand and question about where I had held myself back, where I was, you know, feeling fear, self-doubt. We talk about imposter syndrome a lot these days, you know, and I just, I wasn't finding those answers and, and I wasn't able to find those answers coupled with 
good, like how weaving that into how do we then apply it to these practical action steps? And so I invite you to go on as many rants and tangents as you like, (laughs) because that's what I love to do here. I do the same thing. And I'm just so grateful to have found like a community and a pocket of people online after all these years that I can have these conversations with, and I know, and I can share and I can, I can impart them to the people that I have the opportunity and honor to work with. And because I know it's going to like take it a whole other level. When I think about art and when I think about creating this kind of business that is also from your heart and employs so much creativity, I never knew marketing could be so fun mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. and so creative. I sort of resisted it in that artist brain thing that we do. Um, I love it so much. But what I've come to realize is it's really understanding yourself and like yes. getting to know yourself. And that these are, I was just listening to the domino belief again. (laughs) These are like the vehicle, like this is the vehicle. It's like you, in order to like fully step into your potential and to build anything you want to build in this world. And like you said, so great. Gosh, I couldn't write it down fast enough. Like not in the gaps between someone else's dream it's like a journey of coming to understand yourself yep. and how you kind of connect in this life and, and then bringing it back to the service of others. Right. Yes. And that's an endless journey, you know? Yeah. That's endless. It's, it's so, it's so, um, I don't know if big is the right word. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So powerful. I know. And I don't always fully know how to articulate it, but listening to you speak about it now, it's like, this is the passion that I feel for inspiring you who are listening to tap into this for yourself. If you feel that that is something that you want to do, because it's, it's life-changing. Like my life has never been impacted in the way that it has. I just want to tell everyone and not everyone is ready for it. I understand, (laughs) but, but we try here. We are, you know, for you who are, are here. You might be ready for this. And so hopefully it's, it's encouraging you. Well, and it, it, the, the, the concept of ready is really interesting too. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Because ready is this internal feeling we have that for most of us is correlated to external circumstances. So we've actually determined our own readiness based on things we can't control. A lot of us say we're not ready because uh, our finances aren't in place or because we're moving, or because the economy, or because of my job, or all these things outside, or because I don't know enough. You know, I don't, I don't, I haven't gotten my degree, my certification, my this, my that, that, that. So there's all these things external that we use to then dictate who we are internal. And that's fine as long as we recognize it, because what happens is then we're waiting for those things to change before we change. And for a lot of us, we've been waiting Too to long. get ready to get ready for a long, long time because we're waiting for things that are outside of our control to change before we will. And I always use this great example. This is, you know, it's easy to feel like you're not ready to move forward, but at the same token, I'm not feeling not ready to do something new. Some of us may feel we're ready to be done with certain things. Like, 
when I was uh, learning how to drive, I didn't feel ready to drive. I was like nervous, scared. A lot of kids are, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be behind the wheel. And like, if I get pulled over and go to jail or get in a car accident or something, all those thoughts, I don't know if I'm ready to drive, but I'll tell you, I was ready to be done walking home from school. <laughs> I was ready to have my parent be done with my parents, uh, drive, drive me around everywhere, bum and ride off of people. And there's a lot of times that can be really powerful in your life. You're like, what are you ready to be done with? You might be ready to be done with just getting by or like exactly. struggling or surviving. Yeah. You like, are you ready, ready to, to be self Right. Are you ready to let go of that? Or you're like, no, I want to go through that a little bit longer. And so sometimes you just have to start there because we are um, towards motivated and away motivated. So to, to use that to hack yourself in a way, sometimes a push off of the rock is a great way to get you started. I'm ready to be done with that and push myself off and get that momentum. That momentum, that action of the first few steps will show you, wow, I really have been ready for this. And then now we can say, okay, so what am I ready for next? So that can be a really powerful tool for people that kind of feel like, I don't like where I am, but I'm not ready to take the lead to where I am. And then we got to be careful because that readiness is illusion. How do you know that you're not ready for something you've never done before? Think about that for a moment. How would you really know if you're ready if this is something you've never done before? What do you know? How do you know what ready actually looks and feels like? Or is that that aspect of us? I call it my your worthy opponent. Hmm. Your worthy opponent is that aspect of yourself that is almost as smart as you. It's smarter than you when you're off your game. When you're on autopilot, when you're having a bad day. It's, it's got the best of you, but when you're on it, like when you're present, when you're aware, we call it being a warrior because you're always on guard of your worthy opponent. It will be so good at tricking you so good, but don't let it trick you. you Got to catch it. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You're using readiness as a, as a strategy to keep me safe, safe here. Because even if I don't like it here, even if I'm uncomfortable here, it's familiar. And if it's familiar, it means it's safe. So I'll stay. And, and it will play those tricks on you forever. It doesn't go away. It's just a new game, a new trick. And, it, and it's always our job to, to be smarter than our worthy opponent. To outsmart the worthy opponent because it's going to try and outsmart you. I'm wondering if you'd be up for going a little deeper on what might be uh, a worthy opponent that I just find... Well, it makes a lot of sense, right? And it's very logical. I just find a lot of people put their dreams on hold for various things in life. And you mentioned, and I, I didn't get a chance to acknowledge um, the loss of your dad. And um, I was I was uh, virtually with you on the BBD Live. And when yeah. you mentioned that that had happened um, the morning of, and you showed up and did such a great job hosting. I know. What there a, was just like what a jerk, just, huh? He couldn't even yeah. be with his dad. He's like, I'm gonna go to work. Hey, no. your dad died. You go to work now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I lost my dad when I was 19. It's a little different age. It was sure. um, not quite expected, but sort of. He was a little bit older at the time, and he wasn't feeling in health. And I know that you had shared that you also were sort of going through this process of loss ahead of time. Yeah. Um, or, or, um, kind of healing and connecting with him before he passed. What I 
find and what, and I don't, I don't know, um, again, I don't know how to articulate this, but I find a lot of times that life kind of ends up becoming something, um, and maybe, and I don't want to categorize all of us as women or, you know, a lot of times we sort of are caretakers first and we're thinking about how we can do this and how we can do that. And sometimes we put our own passions and desires on the back burner. And I just find that many times life becomes, I, this, uh, I can't think of a better word. So forgive me if this sounds wrong, but sort of an excuse to not stay focused on what does bring us alive and, and being able to, again, transform life that happens to all of us. Loss happens to us in all forms Um, to either, you know, to find the ways of reframing that um, to, to find ways of taking those experiences and really bringing them into what it is that we truly, you know, feel called to do, whether that's sharing our work or, or sharing with others. Am I making any sense, James? I just feel like we kind of skirt over this and I see inside a lot. And I imagine if you do too, sometimes I hear very, very like heartbreaking stories of people and why they've made a decision that they're not going to continue with something that they felt called to do. And while I also understand that, I think I had to learn very early to just move. And that, that for that reason of the experience for me, that is what propelled me into wanting to make the most of this life and not miss a minute of it. Yes, Uh, Absolutely. And so that's to, to, to start with where you originally started to use this worthy opponent example, this is just kind of my way that I relate to it as it pertains to someone who's putting off their dreams. The, the only way someone would really do that long-term it's it's different if there's like, Oh my gosh, there's a tragedy in a family. I have to put something up. That's short-term though. Right. There's the, there's the worthy opponent in full effect right there. Cause anybody who is putting off their dreams has been convinced by the worthy opponent that this, this isn't it. that this isn't life that life maybe happens out there or somewhere in the future. Mm. And when you're convinced of that, uh, then it's easy to put something off. Well, when you say this, can you just clarify when you're saying this isn't life, this like, moment. Okay. This oh. right here. Yeah. Like we're still on the sidelines getting ready for life. That's the only reason we put it off. If you knew that today was your last day or you had 12 months. So that's why, as you connected and referenced, you know, death, death becomes, uh, one of our greatest teachers because you, cause when, when there's a lot of experiences and lessons that you can learn when someone close to you dies. But one of them that I think is a gift for all of us is it gives us all a moment and an opportunity to reflect, uh, what will, what will I look back on when it's my time to go? And if you just took yourself out there, that would change everything. So even when you use the word reframe, I don't, I don't even call it reframe anymore. I call, I just call it getting closer to truth because mm, a reframe could be a lie. Yeah. I was hard for me to say that because it yeah. sounds sometimes like you're forcing yourself to believe right. something you don't really. 
I think everything is just moving closer to lies or closer to truth. And you'll know it by the way that you feel, by the way. So then the question becomes, if you were to go to the end of your life and nothing's guaranteed, tomorrow is not guaranteed uh, for any of us. And if you were to go to the end of your life, would you have regrets about not doing what lights you up? If you're choosing now in this moment to say, I'm not going to follow my passion or do the thing I love or do the thing I feel called to do or the thing that makes me feel most alive, that's fine. But can you also make that decision from the perspective of the end, uh, at the end of your life? And, and everything is put into a completely different perspective from that, for that angle. At the end of the life, does it really matter that someone criticized you on Instagram or judged you or said something nasty? I had someone, you know, because we're running a lot of ads right now. Oh my gosh, we're all over the internet. It's awful. And I'm so sorry. And I think you followed me on Google a few times. Yeah. <laughs> there he is again. This guy. No, it's great. And, and someone said something like really nasty to me. And, uh, you know, like this F twad, blah, 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 blah. And I just said like, hey man, sorry, like, um, you know, I, I target business owners and I don't know, Facebook kind of just sprays it all over the place, but, uh, hope, uh, so, you know, sometimes it gets in other people's news feeds. Anyways, I hope, I hope you're doing okay. Tomorrow's a new day. Don't ever forget that. Any, uh, about a week later, maybe four or five days later, I got a message from him, private message. He's like, Hey, I just want to say that, that I was that guy that wrote that comment and I'm really sorry. I was having a really bad day. And you're right. I can, tomorrow was a new day and I can do better. And I just appreciate that you uh, gave me a second chance, sent me love, even when I sent hate. And I know I was, I was like, dude, this just made my day because you know, you get an onslaught of it. If you're sending, if you're probably sending like, I don't know, your ad is being seen by 200,000 people a day you're going to get some people that don't like you in there. It's fine. I don't take it personally. Yes. But- I crossed that one. I got my first official hater Yay! <laughs> and I handled it. So I knew yeah. that I was ready to grow. <laughs> yeah. And, and I appreciated um, it in a weird way. Nothing yeah. to take personally. It's nothing to worry yeah. about at the end of your life. Like I'm not going to sit there and, Oh man, you know, I'm so glad I dimmed my light and held back and watered down my content and hid from my dreams because I got to avoid things like that. It's like, those are the things that don't matter. We, I think we live in a culture today where we've made, and that's part of the, um, this worthy opponent, we've made the unimportant important and the important has become unimportant. Mm-hmm. And so we make, and then that's why death becomes such a beautiful teacher because it put things in, in a more accurate, clear perspective. It's closer to truth because we don't walk around feeling like we're going to die soon. We don't walk around in the presence of this is your life and it's happening now. This is it. This is your life. You know, and when you can find a way to get present to that from moment to moment, it's one of the most powerful things. Like this is it. There is no, no guarantee of tomorrow. There's no guarantee for any other length beyond that. This is, this is it. And so we put off because we're not living from that perspective because our brain goes past future, past future. And we're rarely in the present. Then we, it's easy to put things off. Cause it's always someday, one day, and it's safer that way. But 
going to the end of your life and you start to ask those questions, does, do those things matter? That you'll notice that the things that we, and by the way, when I say this, you know, Maurice, I like, I'm guilty of all this too. This, I'm not free of this. Like, haha, I'm some ascended master and I'm enlightened being, I'm floating off the ground here. No, like these are things I'm continually learning and reflecting on in my own journey. And that's for each of us to do. But as I look, go to that perspective and look back, it's so easy to see how many things are unimportant and insignificant that we make important. Yes. Now, you know, like what, what someone thinks of you because you decided to do what you wanted to do with your life. And I'm really grateful. What I had going for me is I'm really stubborn. Like I just don't give up. So I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And, and I, I mean, the amount of people that laughed at me, doubted me, just ridiculed me, ostracized me. You wouldn't believe. I wouldn't believe it. It's just, it's awful. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. And who are these people? I was kind of like, I was kind of like a big part of me was like, I can't wait to prove you wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was sort of like that. that too. Yeah. And um, yeah, I get that one. And I can only imagine how many people stop because someone they care about said, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Oh, yes. I mean, it happens so much in the creative space where people yeah. say, please don't. Why do you think you can make a living with this? Why do you yeah. think this can be anything more than just a yeah. hobby? Yeah. But now we have TikTokers and YouTubers and NFTs and all these people making oh, yeah. millions of dollars. So who's laughing now? Here's <laughs> the, okay. But here's the crazy thing. I'm going to point this out because I talked about this recently. And I was just like, isn't this the silliest thing? I don't think there's a person alive on the planet that doesn't want to be special. Like there's some, even if we don't want to speak about it, like no one's, and maybe it's too much of an assumption or generalization, but I, I do feel like it's a kind of a common thing. Like everyone has a desire to have a uniqueness, but have we also noticed that like we, especially creatives, uh, we're the ones that are picked on. They were made fun of. We were laughed at, ostracized, whatever, then, now, whenever. Shut out. And it's like, don't you realize that they're doing that because you're unique. And so then we start to like beat ourselves up and it's like, maybe I need to mold myself and be more like everybody else. So like on one hand, there's this part of you that wants or knows, and then therefore wants to be different or unique. But then on the other hand, you want to be just like everybody else. And it's like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I think the beautiful thing about what we have today and like what a real, a real content creator, but I mean, real is like, they're real with themselves or authentic is doing. Cause I think there's a lot of phony. I think there's a lot of toxicness and all that stuff, but someone who's like really doing that authentically and genuinely, is there just someone that owned their uniqueness and gives permission for other people to be their uniqueness? Like, here's my own art. I'm doing my own art. I mean, this is a metaphor, not literally. This is my art. And by me doing my art, I give you permission to do yours. And that I, I, I'm so happy in myself that I persevered because there was a lot of people in my life that just thought I was weird because I was always thinking business ideas. I was always doing little side hustles. Like when I had roommates in college, I'd come home on a Saturday afternoon with a truck full of like antiques and they started calling me pack rat because they didn't know that I was making like three grand a week selling antiques on eBay that I was getting at garage sales. And like, oh, there goes James again, Mr. Packer, you know, and they're just like scoffing and everything. And, you know, they're at their nine to fives, like hating their lives. 
And now they're reaching back out and they're like, Hey James, can I pick your brain? Wow. I saw your, your ad. You're following me around on Google. Like, how you doing, man? How you doing? You know? And it's like, Oh, how the tables have turned. And it's like, I'm not saying that to talk about me. I'm saying that we all have that in our own way. And it's like, why don't we embrace that more? Why don't we encourage that more? Why don't we express that more? And I'm glad that I finally did because what it's doing is helping other people do the same. And um, I think that goes back to, to what we were saying earlier about being of service in that way, because I think the most powerful way to be of service is to be an example, to be proof of what's possible for somebody else. Yes. And there's something so wonderful about being in the company of people who have figured that out and who are living that you feel a sense of calm and at ease of just the opportunity to be yourself, you know, and you don't feel any, um, competition. Like you just, you know, you might both be high achievers and like striving for greatness and excellence in your life, but you, you just, it's so, ah, and I don't have a, I don't have a word for that one, but just, when, when we are able to step into that more, cause you know, like you said too, we all go through our things, but, but it gets better. It seems to like, you can stay there longer for, yeah. and that's pretty amazing when I get glimpses of that, but that has that ripple effect that I'm always like, well, gosh, the more people who feel like fully alive and fulfilled and I always think of this with art and now I think about it with sharing, you know, your gifts and knowledge in this way too. To me, uh, I wrote this in my book somewhere. I'm like, I know this sounds naive, but I'm like, that's world peace. Like, you know, the more people that feel this aliveness, like you just want the best for everybody. You want to help other people. You want to explore this incredible world that we live in to figure out more of what we love to do and share that with people. And it's, it's just the best. It's best. It's funny. If you talk about world, world peace, that's never (laughs) come up on a podcast before. Cause it always kind of comes up as like a, you know, I know you even, you even filtered it by saying it's naive. It always comes up as this like ridiculous roll your eyes concept, but well, if I can just interject quickly, because you know what people made fun of me for, they would always be like, you're too optimistic. Yeah, the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, this is a problem for you? <laughs> I, I don't, I've never and I felt, that. I like, felt bad about it. I felt like I had to yeah. dim it down. Yeah, no. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so I'm here where I am because I'm optimistic. And optimistic is very different than being blinded. Optimistic is seeing clearer. Because optim, true optimism means you have developed the ability to see good that other people can't see. Whereas they're perceiving it as like, you're blind. Like, you don't know, you're not seeing the problem. And he's like, no, I see the situation. And I see the opportunities too. You just see problem. Einstein said you can't solve the problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. So I've already moved my attention. I'm already on the solution. If you if you can't solve a problem, that's 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 what Einstein's saying. You can't solve a problem because problem will always be a problem. So you just have to move to the solution. That's a really interesting concept, but I, I, we could go. I know. <laughs> but you can't solve a problem. You just every problem comes with a solution. So you're either focused on the problem or you focus on a solution. You're on the outcome. People live life from one of two frames. 
and we switch between these all the time, but like there's really two frames, generally speaking, you can put, put it into one and two brackets. We're either outcome oriented or problem uh, fixated. And when I did this, uh, I built a whole Airbnb business on, on the side. So it was a real fun thing. I built a whole team. We had a handyman and, and I built all these properties and spent the last two and a half years doing that. And one of these guys, I had and to you like, built a camper van and I built a camper van right in the middle <laughs> Yourself. of yourself. <that>. Like, <laughs> and then, and then did a remodel on a fifth property. Like I'm just so bizarre while, while running an eight figure company. It's like, what is the matter with me? So, um, you're having fun though. I'm having, I'm having fun. Like it's, I'm just a doer and a creator and I love creating and, and I just really enjoy that. So one of the things I noticed, and I really had to start calling it out and coaching them out of it is anytime we took on a project, I was always outcome oriented. Okay. I want to do, this is a true story. I want to do a secret door. That's a bookshelf in that opens up into a movie theater. We have that. We made it happen. So the outcome happened. Okay. So it's already been done. And the first thing out of his mouth every single time this handyman was always, here's why it won't work. Mm. And in my core team, I've cultivated this possibility generating outcome oriented mindset. So I, it's just not there. And it was so jarring at first. I was like, what, what, what? Oh, because I just look at everything as like, if you're creating art, you create art the same way you create your life. Like you are generating it. Your life is an empty canvas and you're painting on that. What do I want to create next? What do I want to create next? And basically all I heard was someone saying, what I want to create next, is it not working? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it was so painful. It was such a like, wait, what? Is there, I call people, you're either a can do. Yeah. And if you're not a can do, I, it's, I gotta like adjust. Yeah. Cause there are people in the healthcare industry. Um, there are people in every industry and you're like, are you going to be a can do person for me? Are you going to be yeah. like, I can't. There's a, there's, there's a can do or a, how can I, or get out? You know, it's like, yeah, just, exactly. but, but people say, well, I don't know how, uh, you can learn. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, the amount of people that when they say, I don't know, and then finish that up with, therefore, it's not possible, blows my mind and boggles me. You realize anything and everything that has been created on the planet that is man-made uh, was at one time unknown to the person who made it. How does I don't know have any bearing on the possibility or, or the outcome of it? It has none. And that was, that was just so crazy to me. I was like, oh yeah, I want to do this door here. And he's like, no, it's not going to work because the hinges aren't going to be able to hold. Uh, okay, well, let's build it. How much is this going to weigh? Oh, 85 pounds. Okay, I'll get 100 pound hinges. <laughs> like, come on, dude. I, I don't know as much as you. And I'm figuring this out because you're so dead set on this won't work. And that's just, uh, sadly, that's just personality types too. There's just certain people that are always fixated and focused on here's the threat, here's the problem, here's why it won't. And I don't know if they can train themselves out of it. If you, you don't, if, you don't think that could be a, uh, I think the per well, here's the thing is like people are drowning in their own stuff, right? Because when you're in it, you're in it, and that's what's where you're in. And so if you if you have a coach, so yeah, you know, Napoleon Hill always started with you got to have a burning desire. So the first thing is someone has to be a, has to have a burning desire to get out of that. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, they're so in it 
that why would they have a burning desire to not be in it? Because all they're seeing is what could go wrong and what's the problem that they don't even see an opportunity. The desire now, might not find them or have a chance exactly. to burn. It, it might be snuffed out. Hopefully exactly. not. <laughs> now that's why coaching, that's why guides, that's why like peers, like the right type of people in your life yes. can change your life. Because yes, I did come along and I said, Hey dude, like with all due respect, um, you're really talented and I've seen you. And I was doing a lot of things to just like whittle away some beliefs there. But I said, I just want to point something out to you. I said, have you noticed that every time we start a new project or idea, the first thing that you notice and recognize is how it won't work or why it won't. And I said, I understand that's, in, that's part of your job to make sure that you've assessed the situation. But at the same time, there's always a way. There's always a way. There's always a solution for everything. And uh, I'm going to encourage you and invite you to, to look at when you when you identify a problem, that's great. But then bring me the solution. Bring me three options for how to solve it. And that helped. That helped in a lot of ways. But if someone doesn't have someone there to do that, they don't even know they're doing it. They think they're... See, that's the thing about beliefs. I know you want to get in beliefs a little bit. The problem with beliefs yeah. is you don't have beliefs. You have, this is the way the world is. So if this is the way the world is, you're not going to do anything about it because this is the way it is. And that's how people relate to beliefs. So a belief is defined as a perceived truth. But look at the word itself, perceived truth. So you are perceiving it to be true. So it, you don't have a belief. You have truth in your mind. Yeah. It's the truth. So if it's the truth, you're not going to do anything about it. Right. So what is the catalyst that kind of gets you almost like a, an observer to what your mm. perception is? I can give a really powerful self-coaching process, but most people don't do it. They go, oh, that sounds cool. They don't do it and they go back to where they are, but that's fine. But this is it. And this is in a nutshell. And it's, it's going to be like about three little things here. The first thing is understanding that anything that is born within you is a desire. And that's a really hard question for people to answer, which is what do you want? What, yes. is, your, what is your heart? It surprises want? me how often oh, yeah. you ask people and they are like, I don't know. Yeah. They're lying to you, by the way. They're lying to themselves. You, it's, I don't know is always a lie. I'll tell you that right now. It's always a lie. It's, it's yeah. impossible. If you're breathing and you have a pulse, then you have wants. Yes. You just don't feel like you can share them then somehow. You have a, there's, there's a reason why you're not looking at what you want. But even in that sentence, looking at what you want, it presupposes that you have wants. You cannot be alive and, and, and not have desire. You're not a Buddhist monk. Like it's just not, it's just not true. And until the day you die, you'll have something you want. And here's how I know. Cause the moment someone says, I don't know, be like, okay, well let's go to the next question. What are you sick of? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a really get a lot of answers. <laughs> exactly. So what they want is always the opposite of what they don't want. So, you know what? I'm sick of, I'm, I'm done being in debt. Oh, see so what you want is to be out of debt. Oh, totally. So what do you want again? I don't know. You just told me. So we always know what we want. Okay. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that when you are clear on what you want and it was born within you, this is quantum physics. So buckle up because the moment it's created within as a thought form, it's um, probability of existence has already been created like a parallel universe. It cannot exist as a possibility if it doesn't exist within, which means it's already possible. 
all this stuff that we waste our time on of, I don't know if I have what it takes. I don't believe it will happen. That's just another way of saying you're really impatient because it will happen with enough patience and perseverance. So drop it because it does exist. It couldn't, do you, did it, did it, was it born within you? Was it a thought? Can you see it in your mind? Then it's possible to happen out in the world, period. That's science. You can go look that up. Okay. So then here's what happens next. If it's already born within you, then it's meant to be. So what happens is, is we go on our journey. And so you're asking, how do we navigate this world of beliefs if they're so invisible to us, which they are? The answer is through our emotions. It's the subtle clue that we have misassociated and um, our relationship with emotions. So this is going to blow people's minds or they're going to say, I don't believe it and I don't agree, but it's, I've done this hundreds of times at events with clients and everything. And it's like mind blowing every time the moment you now orient to a new outcome of what you want. Like I want to build a million dollar business. That's great. Or you're like, no, James, I'm not into money. Okay. I want to have, I want to have the number one resource for artists teaching them how to get started in, in, um, you know, canvas oil painting, right? Whatever it is. I want to have 2000 members. Great. That's the thing you're manifesting. That's a new outcome. Now, by wanting something you don't have. Now, t- tell me if I, if I lose you, Marisa, okay? By wanting something you don't have, we can also acknowledge that you want it because you don't have it. You don't have it now because you haven't done the things that you needed to do to get it. And a lot of our actions are so correlated to our thinking, our feeling, our frequency, our decisions, and our choices. So like who you are, right? So people think that if I just keep doing or do more or work harder or work longer, I'll get what I want. And a lot of people are doing that and not getting what they want. And so instead, we want to look at it, not just from changing or doing more actions, but we really have to change a lot of who we are. We have to have like a paradigm shift that the same person that has a 2000 person membership that is the number one resource for artists isn't the same person that you are right now. And that's where our own growth and evolution comes from. And so the growth and evolution comes from letting go a lot of that stinking thinking or old outdated beliefs. For example, if you think, oh, selling is bad or business owner is bad or having money goals is greedy, but then you want to have all that stuff, one is going to win. And I can tell you which one. It's the belief. It's the 30 years of that story that's been going on and on is going to win. So here's how it works. You're going to go along your journey and you're going to start doing the doings that, that someone like myself or Marisa tells you to do. Do this, do this, do this. And then boom, life's going to happen and you're going to start to have emotional responses. You're going to start to react. You're going to start to get upset. You're going to start to get emotional. Something's going to happen. You know what I mean? Fear, anger, frustration, sadness, confusion, overwhelm, all the feels. And every time you do that, if you just did this, step one, get present to the emotion that you're in. Step two, trace back the emotion to the thought because our emotions are mirrored by our thoughts. What where was my attention? Where was my thinking that had me feel this way? That's step two. Now, here's the kicker. If it's a disempowering, uncomfortable, or what people call a negative emotion, it's a lie. Ooh, you're circling back to when you were talking about the truth, The when you were saying you'll know by the feeling, is this yeah. it? Yeah. So if it's a negative, disempowering, uh, uncomfortable emotion, it, and we trace it back to a thought, it's a lie. Is actually what we could say our higher self, our future self, the universe, God source is actually 
you are separating yourself so much from that higher aspect that that's why you're feeling the way that you do. This is mind boggling because you go, so what, so what's the lie? Boom. It's that right. And then as soon as you do that, you go, so what's the truth? And the truth will always come every time. It's usually the exact opposite. I'll give you an example of this in a moment. And it's our job to find our way back to truth. And every time you come back to truth, then you'll feel better. And so I go, do I feel better now? Yes, that means I'm in truth. So it's a lie because if you look at it from like, it doesn't matter what your belief system is. Um, you can mold this to fit whatever belief system. And I'm not asking anybody to believe anything, but you got to try this, experience it yourself. And when you do it, when you're going through something, it's powerful. So if I'm in this emotion and I asked myself, okay, what's the thought that preceded this, that I was in, that caused me to feel this way? And it says that I'm not good enough, that I don't have what it takes. I could just ask, is this the perspective that God has of me? And it's a clear, well, no. You think God's looking at you going, you're not good enough, you POS. So that's why I feel the way that I do because I've separated myself from the perspective of God. So it would go like this. You go on the internet, you start doing your stuff and someone leaves a nasty comment. Boom, you're upset. And you're like, I'm feeling, it's actually more like, I don't know, what do you think would be an emotion that your audience would feel like the first time they post something and they get like their own negativity? Like what would that emotion be for them? Oh, you just, you feel like a fraud. Um, yeah. You feel defeated. So, you feel like, oh my God. I must so is be a it bad more, person. Is it more, but as an emotion, is it anger? Is it, is it fear? Is it? Um, yeah, I know. I always think of like what it is. Um, I, because it just happened to me. Yeah. I was like, what, what was did the, I feel? Um, well, I definitely felt anger because I've just okay. had enough of people like that. Yeah. Um, and it had an immediate physiological response, you know, which is amazing that somebody that's not even in the room can affect your body in such a way yeah. where your okay, heart so is racing. Fear, probably too. Give me fear here. And we'll use you as an example, but you can just role play it. Okay. So let's say you're, you're, the, you're the audience member and this happened to you and you feel fear. Boom. You're in a state of fear. So what would have been the specific thought? Where was your attention? preceded oh, the fear. that yeah um what if what if they're right you know they were calling me like a, not a true artist like a, right. how could i as a business person it was yeah, yeah. it was okay. attacking so, everything right so stay with me so so yeah. i'm not a true artist yeah so that was the thought that preceded the negative well is the the thought is what if i i can't do this what if i ah, okay there we go okay what if so i what fail if, at this so i can't do what this I can't do this. I'm going to fail at this. Right. So that's the thought that preceded the emotion. And was it an uncomfortable, disempowering emotion? Totally. Yes. I can't do this. I'm going to fail at this. So is that a true, is that true or is it a lie? It's a lie. Is that the perspective that God's source universe, higher power has of you that you're going to fail at this and you can't do this? I wouldn't think so. <laughs> no, of course not. So if that's the lie, what's the, what's the truth? I can do this. Yeah. Now, how does I that am doing feel? This. How does that feel when you lean into the fact that you are doing this, which means you can do this? Does it feel bad and full of fear and anger too? No, I mean, it's just way more empowering. Yeah. It's a good lighter feeling, right? That means we're moving closer back to truth. It's a really simple, simple thing, but unfortunately, what, yeah. You know, what is it in us that 
believes the negativity and the disempowering wants to believe that first. Do you know what I mean? Or am I an anomaly? Uh, I have my theory on, on that. I think in the shortest version possible, because our thoughts mirror emotions or emotions mirror our thoughts, we believe a lot of what we think. And then we associate the emotion with it. So it, it actually amplifies and accelerates. And, and so like, it's just like what I was saying before about the person that's, that's uh, always problem fixated. They're so in it that they can't see when they're not in it because they're in it. And so when you feed it, it becomes bigger and then it brings with it the emotion and the emotion brings with it another thought and then it's reinforced. So you're like in the middle of a tornado and that's all you can see everywhere you go. And so you have to have, especially as an entrepreneur and a business owner, because we're navigating more risk, more like unknown territory in our life. You're, this isn't a job where someone goes here, here's your SOP and job description. Just do this, press this button all day. You're, te- you're venturing to the unknown of your life yeah. of, of, unknown in every area, in every aspect, every area. <laughs> everything. And so you have to learn how to get yourself out of that. Will I ever yeah. feel uh, certain or comfortable again, James? I don't right. think so. <laughs> yeah. You will, you, you will learn what it feels like to feel comfortable in uncomfortableness. Yeah. That's the only way the yeah. goal is not to get the boat to stop rocking. Yes. The, the goal is to say, how do I find my center? No matter how big the storm is always, that's all, cause that's all you have control over anyways. Yeah. And, um, and un- unless you want to choose a life of like Netflix and Cheetos, which is no, I do like a good Netflix. <laughs> I mean, I do too, but you know what I mean? You also chose this. And when people have asked me things like, how did you go through some of the things you've gone through in your life? I said, well, first of all, I had to remind myself, I chose this. I didn't choose easy peasy lemon squeezy. No. And so this, this strategy in a nutshell, I'm in the game. I like the game. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it gets more and more fun when you just accept it and stop saying, well, I only want the good parts, but I don't want when it gets hard or challenging, but this, this strategy, this is a way people can coach themselves out of anything. Yes. And it's fine. Cause when you're in that level of uncertainty, it's so powerful to find your own barometer for truth. And I have never I do this example, you know, I used you as an example. You gave me a beautiful example. We've all been there. If not, we will, your listeners will, but we all will be. And to have no matter what example someone's given to me, it's it's universally the same. It's like, oh my gosh, you're right. That's the distortion. That's the lie. That's the separation from God's source, higher power. And it's making our way back to that. And when we are doing something that is more uncertain to have that solid footing of knowing our own barometer or, or compass of like what is moving us closer to our own truth and what is moving us away from that is such a powerful thing to have in your back pocket because when you get out there, it can be a little uncertain and unknown, confusing and uncomfortable. And to know like, even though I'm taking a step into the darkness, I know it's a step in the right direction and I'm lighting my path every step of the way. Yeah, it's, yes, (laughs) yes. What I was thinking of with the negativity is, you know, why we often, and this happens into creatives a lot in this is that if one person doesn't like something that we do, we take that as truth versus, and we allow that to determine sometimes an entire life outcome. Right. 
but that's because it, it was already um, activated within us or they activated what was already there within us. And then if we kind of stay there, we kind of lean into that, assuming that's a truth, then we, we would unintentionally kind of magnify that yeah. in our lives. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, I am five eleven and three fourths. If someone came up to me, so anyone on the planet, you know, someone famous, complete stranger, family, loved one wouldn't matter and said, you're, you're too short. It wouldn't affect me. I'm six foot. I'm like, wow, I think that's like really great height. I don't think I'm tall, but I don't think I'm short. So when you say I'm too short, it, it, it doesn't have any effect on me. Yep, now, it. if it did affect me, like if I got all offended, triggered or upset, what that would really tell me is that I already had that insecurity or belief within me before they even said it, that I was already going around saying, there's something wrong with me because I'm not a certain height. And all they did was project out what was already active within me. And that is a beautiful way to live your life is to begin to notice where and when are people, places, things, circumstances, and events activating you. And it's not an opportunity to be like, but it's the principle and I need to, blah, 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 and I need to be right. But now and, and say, why, why, for whatever reason, is this making me unhinged? Why is this having an irrational response? It's hard to do that. It's nearly damn near impossible in the moment, but recapitulating and reflecting back can be extremely powerful. Say, why did I act like that? What, what was, what was really active within me to begin with that would have someone on the internet go blah, 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 blah. And me going, I'm just so angry now. Cause they went blah, 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 blah. You know, if we didn't speak their language, it wouldn't have affected us. Yeah. If we were from another planet and we didn't understand their language, it wouldn't have had any effect. So what is it that they said we're really reacting to? Yeah. And that journey every day is not just with what someone says on the internet, like a judgment, but when you go to launch, create your stuff, put it out there, sell, hire people, work with others, ba 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 ba. Every single one of these moments are opportunities to look and say, where is this upsetting me, scaring me, worrying me, freaking me out, overwhelming me, stressing me? Where am I getting off my game? And to look at that. And it's the people that look at that instead of running away and hiding from it, which is what I used to do that will continue to grow. And that's pretty awesome. And you can make, you can begin to make new decisions around those reactions, right? And come to new understandings when you begin to have awareness. It's, it's just like you said earlier, it's like getting to know yourself. That's what we mean. Yeah. Look at where I, I still have this belief and I didn't know it before until I realized how much I react to it. I'm, I feel like I'm not even myself when that happens. And that's an opportunity to, to let that go. This is why I just assume if we're taking the creative path, we're creating anything in this world and sharing it, we have signed up for the journey of knowing ourselves better. Would that be fair to say? <laughs> it's one Absolutely. of the best uh, tools to do that, I believe. And that's endless. For self-development. Yeah. yeah. And growth. 100%. There is absolutely no concrete way of doing, at least on the art side, but you 
actually have, well, and I say within my programs, I have started figuring out more concrete ways to guide people and take steps, but you have found this incredible way of, of taking this part of the journey. And like I said, matching it to the practical action steps, which maybe we can just weave a little bit of, we did, um, you had a thought on world peace and I, I interjected because I was so well, naive. Good. I'll connect it. I'll connect it back to that one for in like 30 seconds or less is, is that that couldn't possibly happen if it's not happening within people first. There's just, there's just no way if people don't have peace within, you would never expect it to happen without. And that seems more and more logical the older I get because how much of things that do happen, violence, anger, power control are because people don't have that peace within they're operating from distortions and fear and anger and all that stuff within. So it's, it's a personal journey within each of us first. And the beautiful part is, again, this is another story for another time, but that's contagious. Yes. That's what I love about it. It always starts. It always starts with you. And every moment is a, is really an opportunity to be a, be a change or a catalyst for change for someone else. That's why we want to do the work we do and inspire you to do the work that you feel called to do and not let, I really appreciate you, um, you know, talking about all of these areas, um, talking about beliefs and and going a level deeper because the artist, um, a long time ago, I had done a podcast on this because I, I also didn't like being called sensitive as if that was a detriment like a quality that yeah. was a lacking. I see it as a strength mm-hmm. because we are um, receiving the world around us and we have the ability to transform that into an expression that we then share with the world. And so I see sensitivity as an incredible strength. And simultaneously, we have to learn how to, um, we have to just learn how to how to work with that level of sensitivity in a world um, like today. And I see it also as this area where someone can shut down. Like I was listening to you again, talk about when you get confused or you get overwhelmed or you just you walk away from from what you're called to do it, through all of this amazing ability to receive and be sensitive. And so I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that, um, how you encourage people in that area. Yeah. I think when we're actually talking about sensitive, we're actually talking about two things. Yeah. There's the ability, cause there's subtle energies. There's, there's things happening all around us that we're unaware of. This science has even spoken about this in terms of, um, you know, uh, the, even just like our, 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 the frequency levels in which we can hear the audible range in which we can hear. And there's actually like tests you can do where they, the frequency goes higher or lower. And there's a certain where it's like, you know, like a beep, like a beep. And then there's a point where you can't hear it anymore. So the sound is still there. It's just gone beyond the, the, the spectrum or band of which human hearing can pick it up. So, um, you know, that's why a dog whistle dogs can hear it. We can't cause they have a different range of, of hearing. So there's always subtle energies, um, that are outside of the, normal receptivity of our five senses. And so certain people are sensitive, are sensing those things that you, that the average person doesn't sense with their eyes or their ears, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's 
the first aspect of sensitivity. But the second aspect, which you kind of touched upon a second, is is how do you how do you um, how do you manage that? And so, if someone doesn't know how to manage that, it's very easy for that to take them down. Like yeah. they're in a crowded area, and all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, oh my god, and and it's like too intense. And um, learning how to manage that is a, is a very important and very challenging challenging thing. But to see it as you you have a an ability to perceive subtler energies that cannot be picked up by the average person in their five senses is, is a gift, but it all gifts have to be taught. They have to be cultivated. You have to be mastered and, um, to perceive that in the right way is challenging, right? Because we can sit there and go, Oh, it's a, Oh my God, I can't go back. I can't do that again. Cause no, it's like, um, uh, instead of understanding like what was really going on, if, the, if that makes sense, like what were you really perceiving? You know, um, uh, one a great example of that is a lot of times you'll be around someone and you'll start feeling, I don't know, I feel like I'm anxious. Every time I'm around her, I just get like really anxious. It's like, well, what you're perceiving is that person's anxiety. But for you, that's one thing to perceive it and to be, and be called sensitive. There's a whole nother level of mastery and understanding for you to distinguish and discern that that's not yours and that you can put that back, but to take it on because you're feeling it and then allow it to take you down is a great indicator of you have a gift that we have, you haven't learned how to use properly yet. That takes time and training and not saying I've mastered that in any way, but there's a lot of times, especially like when I get closer to an event, like when I'm doing an event, I can feel a lot of people's stuff. I feel all this nervousness and it's, it's a different type of nervousness. It's not a nervousness that I've felt. It's like a, people are an, an insecure. There's this insecurity of business and where they are and where they're at. And da, 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 da. and here I am, everyone's coming to see me. So I'm like, well, why would I be insecure of my business? I've always people that want to see how I did my business my way. And then I started going like, this isn't mine. And so to perceive that and categorize it in a way accurately is a really important thing for us to do because it will take you down. You'll become like a recluse because you just won't want to interact out in the world ever again. Yes. Well, I, I believe that, you know, on the practical side, you know, we have to be present in order to build a business. Like there's just no way around that. Yeah. And a lot of times as artists, we want to, we prefer to hide behind our art instead of necessarily be mm -hmm. present ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it is for all of those reasons. That's why I'm asking you these specifics because I find not enough people are eloquently, wisely speaking on this topic. And yet these are the underpinnings that keep people from wanting to post on social media. You know, like putting a post up, it's not hard. Making a TikTok, which by the it's way- not hard, yeah. Thank you for that. I'm going to be getting on that right away. <laughs> I've waited long enough. I got an account over there. I'm going. Um, but we, it's all this chatter, uh, maybe times five, times 10. I don't want a blanket statement, everyone, but in creatives, it seems like it with the sensitivity. And so understand just having the awareness that this might be a gift that you have yeah. and, and being able to find ways and learn processes or tools of just managing it. And so it doesn't take you down so that you are able to share what it is that you're here to share. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, we can all do that. We can all do that. Absolutely. And that's why it's important to find the right mentors like James. Oh. 
if it, you know, you, I imagine everyone who's listening to my podcast, they're already in on this. So, um, it's important because these are the conversations I believe that we get to have now, um, maybe hopefully more, more and more that will really help people embrace the learning side, the practical steps and, and take the action. Cause it's not that we're not wanting to take action. It's just that as soon as we go to do it, all this other stuff kind of comes up Yeah, and noise. Yeah. I just want to help people eliminate that, clear that path so they can do this amazing work because I know our creative community is filled with people that get to bring this to the world on different levels. So yeah. do, do we do it, James? <laughs> I guess. Clearly I, and I will not take advantage of this time, even though I would like to, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> But we are celebrating the the plan is unless we get it early, so we get to give people even more notice that this is coming out on June second, which is the mm-hmm. rise of the digital CEO, which is an amazing experience that you are leading. If you would like to share that, I'm really excited too that you're going to have um, some live participants that are going to be going year, through it. First year doing that, which it's is really so great. incredible. And you touch about you touch upon so many elements to this and nuances and take people through these um, practical steps to begin building this for themselves. If you'd like to share more about that. Yeah. I think the the shortest version here is, is anybody who's interested in actually learning how to do this, build a business around a digital product, selling course membership. You want to do workshops, virtual in person, one-on-ones, it really doesn't matter. But that desire to teaching is in there is in your heart for you um, we're doing a three-part live training workshop, walking you through exactly how I've done that. This is what I've been doing for 15 years. And it takes things. It takes like, how do I find people? How do I get people to find me? It takes, how do I communicate what it is I'm doing? How do I put it all together? How do I get people to say yes to it? And everything in between. And uh, we're going to show you uh, how it's done. Um, we've been running this program and this workshop for several years now, we've been able to help thousands of people in every single niche imaginable. Closest example that comes to mind in terms of art and the creative aspect is someone who's become a good friend of mine, Patty Palmer, who, when I met her, she was already doing $100,000 a year. She was an art teacher and she just retired and she was selling her art lessons uh, to other art teachers. Online, right? Online. And uh, we packaged that into a membership. She started charging about 30 bucks a month, 25, 30 bucks a month. It's a multi seven figure a year business. Yeah. And incredible. you know, some people don't like get that. They're like, what are you going to do with that? Got millions. It's like, no, 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 no. She's a team. This is an organization. She employs now other retired art teachers who do lesson planning and training and workshops for people like all over the world. And it's, it's unbelievable. So we're going to show you how to do that. Yeah. It's uh, it's June 2nd. And uh, we're live and we're going to have a live in-studio audience, which means I've brought in six people at different phases in different niches. And we're going to be like coaching them live. And you're going to get to see a bit of their journey and get to know them as they go. And um, it's going to be a blasty blast. It's going to be a blasty blast. And we're going to link it up in the show notes. And um, you will also love the Mind Your Business podcast. I'm telling you now. (laughs) like this you're gonna go back and you're gonna binge everything <laughs> a lot of episodes yeah <laughs> i have a a biz bestie um 
my dear friend Alyssa and we're like our families know that we're is James in your ear right now (laughs) 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 an ear pod going all the time so yes and uh where can we find you on Instagram and the Tiki Talkies (laughs) yeah um my handle is James Wedmore on Instagram and it's the James Wedmore on TikTok and yes as you mentioned thank you about the podcast you can search for the mind your business podcast and you'll you'll see me and you can have a listen. Yes. And in, in closing, um, I wanted to circle back with the start with art. So, so beautiful the way that she said that on that call and figured it out. And I was reminded that as a business owner, who's creative, I forget to do that myself. I make all the other things more important because someone told me that it was instead of starting with art. And so I was thinking if we left one uh, note for someone, what would they start with? If they're thinking about this, what would they start with? Well, certainly uh, join Rise of the Digital CEO. If you're starting, if, if you're starting at ground zero, which is a great place to start. Yeah. And you might, a lot of creatives have a very, you know, they may have a following already with the work that they create. And so they might have that. They might also be at the beginning of both of those journeys. Um, what would you say? The, the first and like the only place I'm just going to say and leave people here is, is you need to answer the question, who am I here to serve? Every, when you have the answer to that question, everything begins to take care of itself. Because the moment you can, you're clear on who you're here to serve, you can go to work on saying, so what do they need and how can I help them? And we get to work doing that. And that's full circle to what we were saying is how powerful it is to be of service. So stop with the questions of like, but who am I? And I, what could I do? And da, 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 da. And that's all back to the ego and the self-centeredness. It's just who needs my help? And then once you're clear on that, so how do I get, give them what they need? And um, with the right plan and strategy, that can happen. Yes, it can. Amazing things are happening right now. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, James. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate um, your, I appreciate so much. I just thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for your time today. Thank you uh, for being a life changer of so many. Thank you for not listening to those rotten people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who is it? I love documentaries and Cheryl Crow is saying tenacity. Tenacity sometimes is what makes the difference for us. We got to hang in. Absolutely. We got to dust everyone (laughs) as we can and ignore them and find amazing communities to be a part of and Yes. So I appreciate you and I can't wait. I'm going to be uh, hosting a launch part, a watch party on the last day Love um, it. to be able to chat with people. Uh, Cause I know that their minds will be full <laughs> and they will, yeah, probably. they will uh, want to discuss you always. There's so much food for thought. It's just amazing. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, my pleasure. And I know I'll uh, see you soon. I'm wondering if you'll find that piece of art for me. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I know. Yeah. You'd be impressed. <laughs> that you made as a, as a kid. Out. It's, it's somewhere in my half unpacked home. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, you'll have to send me a photo so we can, we can share it. Yeah, and definitely. Thank you, James. Thank you. 
Creative Thursday is recorded by me, Marisa. You can find all things Creative Thursday at creativethursday.com and learn about how I can support you in building and growing your thriving artist business at creativethursdaycourses.com. Be sure to hit subscribe to get the next episode as soon as it drops. And if this episode has inspired you, share it with a friend and fellow creative and leave a positive review so that more listeners can be introduced to the Creative Thursday message and mission to empower artists to know their worth, value their work, and consistently artfully sell to their ideal collectors online so that they can make more beautiful art all in support of living a life they love. Coming together as a creative community, we uplift and support one another while encouraging and being an example for more people all over the world to dream big and believe in what is possible for them.